0: Hello, and welcome to anything but traditional. I'm your host, Marvin Svee, and I'm so happy that you're here today. This podcast was not supposed to start out like this. Yet it's the only way that I see fitting at this time. This podcast will feature four different people. It will feature a father, a mother, and two Rabbiim from yeshivas that me and my husband have dear to our hearts. I hope that you can get the messages, that you can learn the messages, and understand what Israel is going through in a little bit of a deeper way. The first perspective that you will hear is the perspective. Of my husband, Giddy Herschander Ben good friend Perry Smith. Perry Smith has been my husband's good family friend since before he was born. The Smiths Medalia years ago, and were one of the first families in Maladimim. This story is about his daughter. That lives in Ophakim, his son, his sons, and son in laws that are serving in the army right now, his life before Simchat Torah, and the struggles he has had to see and has had to experience since Simchat Torah. There's scary parts of this, and it's not okay, but Perry Smith shares what it means to be a true person of Eretz Yisrael and Medina Yisrael, of Terat Yisrael. Here is the story.
1: So, before Simchat Torah, our life was uh, sort of normal. Um, I'm, I'm retired, so I volunteer uh, helping, uh, helping children in school. And anyway, uh, Sukkot was nice. We had the family over one of the days. And on Simchat Torah, we spent the day uh, by my son Dove's house. And Dove got the honor of Chaton Bereshit. And we were looking forward to Simchat Torah. Um, on Simchat Torah morning, around seven o'clock, I usually get up early. It was 6.30, maybe it was I hear all kinds of booms in the distance. Now, for me, that's not any big deal because where I live in Malay, to me when we live near a tank base, and often there are all kinds of practices, although practice on Shabbos is not usual, and this is Shabbat, uh, but it it wasn't that unusual. But uh, when my oldest grandson Ariel came into the living room, I asked him, is this normal? He said, no he says, very unusual, and uh, there were a lot of booms. And then we went to shul. We didn't hear any sirens, though, um, before shul, but there probably were some. We just probably didn't hear them. Um, we went to shul, and during shul, there were seven different sirens, two of which were during my son Dov's Aliyah. They also shortened uh, the dancing and things. Um, but we weren't really prepared <coughs> for the news that we heard after the end of Shabbat Yom Tov uh, about how many people were killed. And then, little by little, the number uh, rose. And uh, on Sunday, or Monday, uh, my sons and sons-in-laws began being called up. Uh, Two of my sons are still are were called up and are still in the the army and two of my son-in-laws are still in the army and so some of the time um my daughters and daughter-in-laws came to our house which is in a quieter area in Mali demim is a quieter area of israel where Certainly since the Shabbat, there have been no sirens. On the Shabbat, we weren't here. Some people say there was one, in two, one or two at the time. But uh, and life has changed uh, significantly because we help take care of the uh, grandchildren and we worry, about, uh, we worry about everybody, but specifically about our, our sons and son-in-laws. Um, i have heard of uh, deaths of uh, a son-in-law of somebody i worked with very closely for many years in the war um, uh, but uh, you would think that uh, worrying is the hardest part of it except uh, little by little my daughter Eliza, who lives in ofakim and uh, came out with the following story that on on, on similatoria morning um around uh, eight o'clock well actually about seven thirty, 30 they heard a helicopter flying above and the helicopter and told everybody to stay inside their houses and locked in, locked their doors because there were terrorists in the area um and it seems that the, around eight o'clock the terrorists got to her house and they tried opening the door and it was locked but you would expect that that might not have stopped these people, but, but it, it did. Um, but uh, they were truly afraid that they would break in. And apparently they came back a second time and also tried. And um, I don't know if it was on Shabbat or the following day or two, there was a, uh, a missile that landed in Ophakim, uh, three houses away. Uh, did damage to the house uh, not to her house but to the house uh, that it hit <clears throat> when the earth shook her house shook and they decided to, to get out of there and they uh, went to stay by her, her mother-in-law's in uh, Pardes Han uh, they stayed there about a week and then um, and then a little bit more maybe and then they went to uh, a place where they're putting up families uh, from the South uh, who, who can't stay in their houses, uh, in Mitzvah Ramon. Mitzvah Ramon is down South, uh, uh, further South than us actually. Um, and, um, and the children don't want to go back home. Uh, certainly two, she has seven children, Roch Hashem, and two of the children are, are very much affected uh, by the fact that they're afraid that their terrorists are going to come to their house again and try and break in and <clears throat> and so right now the parents don't don't know what to do and uh, Haven't gone back home yet um, so So that uh, Brings the war and to a very personal note uh, Where you you know, you know, you're you are in, in the United States you hear so soldiers get hurt or soldiers get killed and it's sort of a distance from you but here everybody knows somebody everybody knows somebody so that's my story
0: the next person that you will hear from is Felicia Newman Azut Felicia lives in Ashtod. And aside from being an ashto during this crazy time, she also has a son in the army. Felicia so shares passionately about her feelings of being a proud Jew, being a proud Israeli, and why the world and how the world should never be scared to show their Jewish identity and how it's so scary what the world is coming to today with all the anti-Semitism. Hear her message and hear it clearly. It's one that you won't want to forget.
2: Before Simkistora, my life was good in terms of my job. I have a new grandson, celebrating the holidays and felt at peace with myself and the world for the meantime. After Black Saturday, my heart broke. I cried as the stories came out about people and what had been done to them. I got more upset. And after or Black Saturday, I fear also for my son who was called up to the reserves it now feels like the world has turned black and everyone hates us. Or was it that always everyone always hated us and it was just masked? I think the hardest part of this has been finding out what was done to the kibbutz members and the people at the party, how savagely they were murdered, how their humanity was taken away from them. And how my fear of always being persecuted because I'm Jewish seems to have come to reality. Outside of this country, you can't walk around with a Jewish star or a mezuzah on your neck because people will start to attack us. And I, But again, the hardest part is hearing what was done to our brothers and sisters. The message that I want to send to the world is that we are not lying. Hamas did these atrocities. and. I personally think they should see the the film that's been shown to the members of Knesset and the press, and that they want to be on the right side of history, not on the wrong side, and that Israel is a democracy and the only one in the Middle East, and we're fighting for our homeland, and that Jewish blood is no longer cheap, and this is not 1939. This is 2023, and we have an army to protect us.
0: Next, hear the executive director of Lev Lechayal, of Yeshivat Hezder, Lev Torah. Rav Kualwasser, together with his team, sees firsthand the importance of unity, staying close today, and the Chesed that is built into creating this success for Ami Listen to his story. Listen to what he's doing and his incredible team is doing and how important it is to be united front right now. Thank you, Rav kwa for speaking out.
3: Uh, What we've been seeing is a lot of soldiers get called up all at once, larger than ever before in our history. And it is logistically very, very challenging in order to get everybody everything they need. Uh, There are soldiers, whole units that are camping outside of uh, Yishuvim um, very far away from any army base and uh, the beauty of the unity of Am Yisrael, uh, we see in action where communities that are nearby bases are taking care of those soldiers, baking them, cooking them home meals. Uh, we find uh, people from all over the land of israel driving regularly north south to get needed equipment and and gear and clothing and foodstuffs and energy uh, supplements and and all sorts of items to the soldiers fearlessly traveling whether there are missiles or not we need our boys to be safe and taking care of the support of uh, all coming from all factions for our soldiers and the feeling of being together that we're all in this um, is, is a, the, the feeling of unity is really uh, incredible uh, it's a feeling that we really recognize our existence Actually depends on one another, and I, and I think everybody can feel that with the celebrations that are going on in different communities, with the hospitality that's going on. When when you talk about support from the world, um, it, it, it's actually remarkable. I, I have I, I've been working personally with uh, my team. Uh, Dudi Winkler, Tzipi Rapp, many of the students of Leva Torah. Uh, we've been working together with our American friends, with our parent body, with our Israeli parent body, um, the, the amount of, of donations and of items and deliveries and trips from overseas uh, and the logistics, um, everybody is helping from every community. Uh, the, the obvious, uh, well-known Jewish communities have, have outdone themselves repeatedly, not just in week one, but continually are, are, are not sleeping and, and just putting in such incredible efforts. And, and then there's the communities that, that are not as well known are also reaching out, how could we help? What could we do? And it, it's actually really beautiful. The, the feelings of camaraderie in every single project, uh, getting successfully a uh, certain unit vests or another one helmets, um, the, the, the joy upon successfully um, achieving the goals each time, or or getting tactical gloves, or or, or just meals. Um, that the joy is is tangible, and the, the joy that is shared by by all the people that were involved, and or or that just simply encountered it, and and people are bringing uh, music and and anything and everything that they can think of, so there is a lot of emotional um, exhaustion and difficulty and and sadness and there is also an incredible um, joy or I don't know if it's joy but an incredible uh, um, feeling of of closeness to all our brethren and and everybody has become our brothers and our sisters and that's actually something that, that we need. And uh, it's, it's important to feel it. It's important to be part of that. And Bezrat Hashem, it'll last for eternity.
0: Lastly, please hear the words of Rav Michael Olshin, Executive Director of Yeshivat Torat Shraga. Rav Olshin has three sons in Miloim. In this voice note, you will hear as he speaks about the ups and downs of the war, the Kiddush Hashem that our our soldiers make each and every day, and his personal connection to Padayan Mark, Hashem Yakom Damam. Padayan Mark was a special person, a special soul, who unfortunately had his father killed in 2016. I remember it like it was yesterday. Giddy and I were engaged. And Giddy went to the funeral. Rav Mickey Mark, Hashem, Yikom Damam, worked at Yeshivat Torah Shiraga for many years. And my husband, Giddy, even did a dance to his name. Mickey Mark. Mickey Mark. And it was devastating when Rav Mickey Mark was killed on the 60th of Shabbos in 2016. And there are no words for the death of Padayah Mark. So please listen to Rav Michael Olshan as he shares his connection to Rav Mickey Mark, to Padayah Mark. Listen, hear, and please bring these lessons into your everyday life. What a shining example of what it means to be a Jew, to be an Israeli, to make a Kiddush Hashem.
4: Hi everyone, uh, this is uh, Michael Olshin, uh from Beit Shemesh Israel. Uh, married to Shoshana, father of seven. We currently have three boys that have been uh, deployed um, into the Israeli army, um, even though they were all uh, completed their mandatory service, but now, um, due to the Tzav Shemona call up to Miloim, uh, they were all called up on uh, on Shabbat, uh, October 7th. And uh, we also, Baruch Hashem, blessed with four daughters. Um, three of them have, or are in, Sherut Lumi, and we have a 15-year-old daughter who's currently a uh, sophomore in high school. Um, I've been asked to uh, comment about the experiences as as parents during this uh, very, uh, you know, challenging time of uh, the war in Israel, and, um, you know, over the last uh, three plus weeks, it has been a lot of what we call ratsov v'shov, which is a term that we find in Tanakh, and it has uh, many different meanings, but it's basically a lot of ups and downs. We started very, very down. Um, that first week, you know, as, as the story was unfolding and you know, it was on Shabbat and we started hearing uh, some of the information as, as our boys were called up. And then as the picture became more clear to us over that week, it was just uh, horrendous, attending many funerals, my myself and my wife and my, my daughters, my boys were busy in the army. Um, and then there are, you know, these moments. Even in the tragedy, you're hearing about amazing acts of of courage and gvura, uh, amazing um, stories of chesed and self sacrifice of coming together in order to to become again one nation and and, and fighting this together. There those certainly who are, um, you know, active and and on on duty and are fighting and then there are those you know of us who are on the home front who are who are uh, engaged in, in different in different activities to try to give support whether it's you know bringing food to the chayalim or all sorts of things that they need and that's certainly been taking place, p- place in every Jewish community in the world um, and uh, again this you know there's some days that are better some days that are worse some days that we feel, you know, good. There was obviously the news this week that came out about um, the chayelet, the the soldier that was rescued by our soldiers, one of the kidnapped, and it was, uh, it was euphoria and it was great joy. And then the very next day, um, we hear about one of our close friends, son who was killed, um... Hidayah Mark Hashem Yikom Damo, who was killed in Aza. Uh, he was a commanding officer in the Givati Brigade, and and uh, tragically, he, together with all of his soldiers, who were in a um, in an armored vehicle, was uh, were were hit, uh, direct hit, and all of these boys were uh, were killed and buried. Last night, we were at the funeral. Um, but one of the things that was mentioned at the funeral, and there were many, many different people who, who gave eulogies. Um, Padaya's brother, Nathaniel, um our connection to the Mark family is that uh, Padaya's father, Mickey Mark, was a, a good friend of ours. He also was a colleague of, uh, of mine. We worked together in Yeshiva Torah Traga for 10 years until he himself was killed in a terror attack which Padaya a 15 year old boy was actually in the car when his father was killed he was he was lightly injured uh, his mother lost his, her eye in that a terror attack and, and most of her cognitive abilities um, and he uh, you know basically was on his own he's his his siblings raised him and then he became like a, 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 a father to his his uh, nephews and nieces, the children of his brother Shlomi. Um, Shlomi, his oldest brother, was tragically uh, killed in, a, in an accident um, while serving uh, Medina Yisrael in, in, a, in a secret uh, service. And uh, he became sort of the the father of, of his uh, nephews and nieces in, in his brother's place. And now, just two days ago, he was Killed, 22 years old. So this family has suffered, suffered terribly um, in service of Am Yisrael. So that was another, you know, a high from the day before and a very low, very tragic um, story and levaya and burial. Um, but we, one of the things that was mentioned is as a, his brother Natanel mentioned that his brother Pidayah, Hashem Yikom Damo was. Uh, was a hero, not only in his death, fighting for Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, but also he was a, Hebrew, a hero day in and day out. Gibor Yom Yom. Because every day he chose life. Every day he chose the right choices. He, You know, there, there are easy choices in life, and then there are the right choices in life. And when you choose the right, you're choosing life. When you choose the more convenient, sometimes that's a choice of, of, of of uh, not death per se, but it's the ch- choosing not life, as the the Talmud teaches us. Is it says, No adam It would be more convenient for us had we not been created. It's not better for us. It's better for us to have been created, but life is not about convenience. Uh, we weren't put in this world to, to uh, for convenience' sake that it would be it would be comfortable for us. Life is generally uncomfortable, and certainly this is what we're feeling, you know, uh, all the tragic events that happen, and now with our children in the army, this is not comfortable. It's uncomfortable, uh, it's hard to sleep at night, not knowing, you know, when your son is in Aza, what's going to be with him, it's not, it's not a, this is not a comfortable existence, but it is the right thing to do. Living here in Israel is the right thing to do, even if it's often less comfortable than life in chutzlar. But it's the right thing to do. And this is one of the main things that we try to teach and impart our, our to our children and to our students, that we choose um, what is right over what is comfortable or convenient. And it's not an easy thing. But that's being a day-in, day-out gibor. Um, we may, our, our, you know, we want to be able to sleep well at night and not worry about our children and uh, but uh, uh, one can be a gibor without having to be a soldier and the more that we we those who are in the home front or those who are outside of israel the more that we can uh, live a life of gvura of courage which is as the mishnah tells us hakavesh et yitro azu et yitro who is the, the courageous one who is the strong the one who's able to conquer his uh his desires by making that choice day in day out choosing life choosing what's correct choosing what's right even when it's less convenient or less comfortable i think that's one of the great lessons that uh we've learned from Pidaya mark hashem come them that's one of the lessons that we always try to impart to our children and um that's, I think, one of the lessons that can help us get through these ups and downs is the Ratsova show of sometimes feeling elated uh, and often in the last three, three four plus weeks feeling down, feeling angry, feeling helpless. But ultimately, we, our, our choices that we're given in, in this world, the things that are in our control, uh, is, is the things that we can choose wisely, choose life.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. There are no words to explain how much pain these parents are in, these Urbeam are in. But their lessons, their teachings, are some of the most important. So please take them into your everyday life. Think about them today. Think about them tomorrow. Be proud to be Jewish. Be proud of Eretz Israel and Medina Israel, of Torah, Eretz Israel. There's no other land. Thank you for listening.